It's I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson on Market Scale Radio and on Spotify and iTunes. It's good to have you. This is Kevin. And uh, today's show is going to be, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit even about the Jetsons, which, uh, you know, was a favorite cartoon of mine growing up. But we'll be talking with my friend Felicia Colon about telemedicine and its uses today in the hospital setting and and even in the home setting potentially. Uh, stay tuned, sit back, and whenever we come back, we'll be here with my good friend Felicia Colon. And we're back with I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. I've got my really good friend and former ACHE of North Texas compadre, Felicia Colon. Hey, Felicia, how are you? Hi. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. Okay, Felicia, tell tell me your title and what your company name is again. Yes. So my title is Regional Vice President, and I work for SCP Health. Okay. Uh, we're based out of Lafayette, Louisiana, formerly known as Schumacher Clinical Partners. Uh, thank you. That's what I thought. Okay. So So tell me a little bit about the company. So as a company, we are a hospital management company, and I should say hospital management, meaning that we are contracted by facilities to manage their emergency medicine department, meaning the physicians, nurse practitioners, Mm -hmm. hospital medicine, uh, ICU, and of course, telemedicine, which I think is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we are. Telemedicine, you know, it's kind of all the rage, uh, you know, but uh, I go way back in the telemed world uh, back uh, almost, well, 20 years ago now, uh, back to Kearney, Nebraska, when I was at a hospital up there. And uh, we had a huge catchment area about the, we always said it was the size of the state of Indiana, but we only had about 300,000 people there. Uh, you know, outstate Nebraska, not a lot of folks that live out there. But uh, uh, we were at one time the largest rural hub for telemedicine in the country. And uh, so it was kind of fun getting, you know, getting used to that world back then. And we provide a lot of services to a number of rural hospitals through the telemedicine uh, network. So tell me a little bit about what your company does in the telemed world. So currently, as it relates to telemedicine, we have it extended to service our night shift. So they mm. technically act as a telenocturnist. And that's just uh, exactly how it sounds. So imagine a telenocturnist. OK, a telenocturnist. that's one I haven't heard before. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine the traditional call that physicians used to do uh, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they worked as the day hospitalist. And then when they went home, they kept their pager on and then would answer any cross cover calls that came in. So nurse wants uh, Tylenol for the patient or sleeping med for the patient, as well as any admissions that would come through the emergency room. Hmm. And so we have now replaced that with technology, which is just imagine uh, an iPad on wheels. However, the conversation still is the same that happened many moons ago, which Hmm. is nurse needs uh, Tylenol or sleeping pain medicine or anything associated with that. They'll give the physician a call who can then uh, pop up on the iPad screen, so to speak, and speak with the nurse directly or speak with the patient directly. And at the same time, too, if there are any admissions that come through the night, ER physician talks to the 
telehospitalist or the mm-hmm. telenocturnist to endorse the patient. Patient moves up to the floor and then um, the nurse will go ahead and bring in the cart to do her assessment as well as the same time the physician is doing his or her assessment of the patient at that time. Hmm, that's really interesting. Now, does this typically occur in a more rural hospital setting, I would assume, or maybe not? Maybe not. So for us, currently, it's in a rural hospital setting because that's kind of our niche. If you think of it, mm-hmm. comparing us to other competitors, we are rural healthcare focused. But I have seen this model be used in metropolitan areas. One in particular is a large hospital system here in Dallas that has the telenocturnist or telemedicine, let me put it like that, in place to serve as their admissionist. Mm. So instead of the physician running up and down between the ER and going back to the floor, they have the telemedicine machine serving purely as the admissionist for day and night. So telemedicine and telenocturnist. Huh, that's really interesting. So so you guys are primarily hospital focused, but do you do anything? I, I'm hearing a lot, a lot of... Uh, a lot of discussion around psychiatry telemedicine. Do you guys do any of that? We have not broached that uh, service line yet. However, that is something that we are looking at. I know we're getting ready to hop into the tele-intensivist component Mm -hmm. of it. And to be completely honest, the tele-psych, tele-intensivist, and tele-neuro have Mm -hmm. really elevated what can occur with leveraging technology with the physician being on one side and the patient being on the other. You know, you can kind of have the more basic telemedicine cart, which is very generic, iPad on wheels, mm-hmm. all the way up to kind of like the Cadillac of telemedicine carts where it's a robot and the doctor actually can wheel it in and out, zoom in and out no way. without the aid <laughs> of of a nurse or anybody to push it push it around the hospital. That sounds crazy. The the robot uh, telemedicine doctor just cr- cruising down the hall to, to see the patients. Uh, I, I'd like to see that. Do you have a video of that? Uh, we actually do have a video. It's up on YouTube. It is yeah. with our... Uh, Chief Enterprise Officer, Dr. Randy Pilgrim. So if you put Schumacher Telemedicine, you will actually find the uh, the video okay. of what our present day cart looks like. However, when it comes to the ones on wheels, oh yeah, they're very sophisticated. There are a number of telemedicine vendors that are in the space currently that um, make it more, I guess you could say, end user friendly. Mm-hmm. So imagine patients that they see something wheeling in and it's, and it's got the doctor's head on the screen. Some might not be used to that versus what we see and what we find is successful in the rural health market, which is a nurse accommodates the cart, does the managing up similar to a nurse managing up a physician and together they collaborate in the care of that patient. Okay. So for the rural market area, I find that it's received a lot better if it's nurse involved and, you know, they can kind of put the patient at ease versus some of the more uh, metropolitan areas, you know, you see something wheeling in, you probably sure. won't think, think anything of it. Sure. Um, but for rural America, yeah, you have to be sensitive to the kind of technologies you bring out there. I can only imagine that it'd be uh, that would be really interesting if if I was in a small town and saw that. So so I, I'm sure you know telemedicine is such a good uh, alternative for many of the specialties that 
that frankly, we we're seeing physician shortages in many. You mentioned neurology. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, I'd like to hear more about what you do around uh, around telemedicine and neurology. Correct. So if a patient presents with something like a stroke, the ER physician can activate the tele neurology consult, basically. So it would be a physician to physician consult through the uh, technology. And at that time, the neurologist can go ahead if there are different peripherals attached to mm -hmm. the telemedicine cart. So let's say an oroscope, stethoscope, what, what have you, then the teleneurologist in conjunction with the ER physician can go ahead and administer a life-saving technique. So let's say a TPA mm -hmm. or any of those other drugs that really require air, but it can be done in conjunction with the emergency medicine physician. Okay. With the emergency medicine physician being there to see them. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, so how, how else is your uh, company using telemedicine? Well, we are also looking at uh, what we call e-minor acute care, so EMAC hmm. services, and that's to serve as a, let's say, level one, level two triage in the emergency room. Um, I know with all of the talk and media around the coronavirus, this is also where telemedicine is going to come into play to do the basic triage for a lot of patients just to do the initial screening without mm -hmm. exposing anybody unnecessarily uh, to patients who may or may not be, uh, what do they call it, positive positive for the uh, coronavirus. Right. And then we also, for many of the uh, locations, are looking like at direct-to-consumer uh, telemedicine. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you are a hospital system and you uh, want to make sure that your employees don't have to knock off every time that they have a sniffle or a fever, then you can do the telemedicine. The patient can connect with the physician. Hey, doc, this is what I'm feeling. My throat is scratchy. You know, use the um, camera on the mm -hmm. iPhone to see their throat and to go ahead and write them a prescription. And guess what? From a productivity standpoint, as an employer, there's no downtime with that. Your employee was able to do that visit during their lunchtime. And then after they get off work, go and get the appropriate medicine if necessary. So those are ways to leverage uh, telemedicine as well outside of the traditional in the hospital use. So imagine if you're a hospital system and you have employees who work for you and your own insurance. One thing that you can leverage telemedicine for is as an extension for your employees, instead of them taking PTO or having to do extended lunches, just to go to the doctor to confirm what they probably already know that they have, which is the common flu or mm -hmm. the common bug. And so what telemedicine can do is that the person can go ahead and connect with a physician. And if they have a sore throat or, hey, my eye is red, I don't know if it's conjunctivitis, they, the person can use the microphone or the camera setting on their iPhone for the doctor to be able to see what they have. And the physician can go ahead and call in the script as appropriate. And that is productivity time that's not lost by the hospital system, nor by the employee, because they can do this during their lunchtime and then go and pick up the script when they get ready to uh, get off of work. See, that's great. You know, and it's amazing. I've even heard telemedicine being used like in dermatology for the same thing. You know, it's uh, show, show me your rash and then they can uh, the doctor can uh, make a diagnosis and prescribe some you know, a topical or something like that. So that's just fascinating. Uh, any other kind of out there things that you've heard about telemedicine being used for yet? So some of the things that I've seen that have come into the technological space 
here related to telemedicine are the use of kiosks. So we've mm-hmm. all seen them in Walmart. You know, okay. you want to go get your blood pressure checked. You put your arm there. But there are kiosks that are like have all the bells and whistles. So imagine a kiosk like this in schools. So if me as a student, I wasn't feeling well, then I can go up to the kiosk and imagine a college campus. Go to the kiosk, you know, it can check my blood pressure. I can put the little uh, stethoscope on my heart for it to check it. I can do my own oroscope or have it look inside my own eyes for me to be able to then get uh, a, basically a diagnosis of what I'm feeling. And that goes a long way for some of the college campuses that may or may not have a college physician, uh, may or may not be after hours or uh, in support of like if students go there on a weekend. So that's really what I'm seeing pushing into the mm. space with telemedicine are the kiosk where patients themselves use the peripherals that are attached with the physician connected on the other line. See, that's fascinating. I didn't even think about a college student that, you know, I wish I would have had that when both of my girls were in college. That would have been a lot easier than uh, trying to find a physician for them in the, in the town where they went to school. Correct. You know, something else that I've heard a lot of noise around is just different regulations in telemedicine. Can you speak to that some? Yes. So different states have different parity laws of what they will allow in terms of the video or face-to-face telemedicine consult. Uh, Currently, as it stands, CMS uh, is doing reimbursement, but not reimbursement in the traditional hospital medicine way. So let's walk through the day in the life of an Mm -hmm. internist. Me, I see a patient, I document, it's a level one, two, or three. I do that daily, right? Either from admission level one, two, and three, daily visits in between, and then at time of discharge. Currently, as it stands, CMS will pay for a consult. And then as it states uh, currently, I believe it's every 72 hours, a physician can then uh, bill a claim for the telemedicine usage. And from a hospital medicine standpoint, that's not really in terms of monetary gain. Mm -hmm. However, there's efficiency gain using that model, but it's not the traditional professional fee collections as we know it, where you bill every single day. Okay. Um, Some areas where this could be very beneficial, imagine a skilled nursing facility. Um, So those patients are usually seen once a month, but if a patient has a critical lab value or the white blood cell count seem a little bit elevated when they do different lab tests, For um, telemedicine to be used there, if a patient is starting to have, you know, something go awry, instead of having an unnecessary trip over to the closest emergency room, you can leverage telemedicine for those patients. And since CMS patients aren't billed daily in the skilled nursing facility anyhow, then that's an avenue where CMS current regulations really could benefit that facility, especially if they're trying to have good star ratings with with Medicare Mm -hmm. and um, really address their readmissions. See, that's a great, a a wonderful use of telemedicine because I spent some time in the skilled nursing environment. And, you know, the physicians only come maybe once a month to see the patients. And so, you know, if something happens in, in between those visits, this is ideal. Any other venues that you see coming in the future? I think what really is going to be coming um, in the future is that instead of patients loving the peripherals through a kiosk or at the hospital, it's really going to be one of these larger technological companies like Amazon, Apple, or uh, Google 
to allow peripherals at home. So we already currently see it happening. Some with uh, diabetes patients Mm -hmm. to where the patients can measure their own blood, right? With their own equipment. But imagine if you can measure your own blood and it be transported through your iPhone. So there be a peripheral that's attached to your iPhone where you, the patient can prick their finger, put it on there. Doctor can monitor their blood glucose levels and the patient's not going anywhere or you know, exposing themselves like we are doing now in the coronavirus right. age to go someplace to go have that be done. So it really is going to be, in my mind, kind of George Jetson see, that's cool. <laughs> to see what kind of peripherals somebody's going to be able to make that will attach to the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We already see it with Apple Watches too. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, and I think this is a great alternative for parents with small kids. Because I remember trying to get the kids, you know, they're already sick, they're already whining, and trying to get them ready to go to the doctor. And this way, you can handle all of that maybe from your home. Exactly. Um, especially if, if I was a mom staying at home in the summertime with my kids, and we've got to cart all three or four yeah. or two children to the doctor just for the one child to go to the doctor... Um, this is a great way. And imagine like a thermometer going underneath the tongue or being swiped across the forehead. And that can automatically be sent to the primary care physician's office without mom having to do anything other than take the temperature of her child. Man, that that sounds great to me. I'm sure I'm sure lots of moms and dads out there are really looking forward to, to this uh this happening pretty pretty quickly. Well, Felicia, any last words for us, uh, General, about, uh, hey, we're open for anything you want to talk about? So the last thing I want to touch on is that I mentioned it being about you know, the Jetson era, but I was actually someplace for our company and they had played a commercial and it was done by our division president. And it is one of the Jetsons cartoons and they talked about the teledoc then, mm-hmm. right? It dropped, like the little panel dropped. And, oh, what's the kid's name for the Jetsons? He Lit- wasn't feeling Elroy. well. Elroy. Elroy, yes. yes. Elroy, Elroy Jetson. wasn't feeling well. So the screen drops down. Elroy's mom is there. The doctor talks to Elroy. Elroy was really kind of faking it. He didn't just want to go to school that yeah. day. Why not? And then um, in ending, the doctor told uh, Mrs. Jetson, Okay, that'll be $65 for that visit. And she was like looking at Elroy because, of course, it cost her money just to confirm that he can go to school. But can you imagine that cartoon was done like in 1962? Yeah. And yeah. here we are in 2020. That's and we amazing. we essentially have it. I, that's amazing. You know, I, I hate to admit this because I'm dating myself. I actually remember that cartoon. And so that that is very cool. I didn't even thought about that. But anyway. Well, Felicia, it's been so much fun catching up again. And thanks so much for your insight into telemedicine. Thank you so much for allowing me to participate. Yeah, come back anytime. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Now, didn't I tell you we'd talk about the Jetsons? That's just crazy. Yeah, it's amazing when you look back at some of the old old television shows, cartoons, whatever, you know, about how forward thinking they really were. Who would have thought, you know, back in the 60s when when that cartoon was made, then we'd actually be be visiting with our doctors on the screen. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's just crazy to me. But uh, anyway, thanks again for joining us on I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson this week. As always, if you have uh, any feedback for the show or if you have any uh, ideas for the show, please email us 
at I don't care at marketscale.com. So with that, this is Kevin signing off and we'll talk to you next week.